This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over West Side, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for West Side niggas, nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles with Cadillacs. You looking for the fatty sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tim Foyle Hat Titan. AKA the conspiracy realist, AKA the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles, AKA I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mr. If you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? It's your man, Dane. Three underscores, three one three. The West Side Landlord, the Pride of PA. High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for dame. And if you're speaking on dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It is the honorable boss dame and this bitch. Let's go. Yo, welcome back. Shop Talk podcast, episode 312. On, on you, you hoes. Yeah. Oh, man. We back. Rough week for you? Eh, I had a pretty cool week. Okay. Yeah, my shit was kind of all right, though. All right. Yeah. Any any wins? Uh, yeah, I won every day. <laughs> I won every day I woke up. Okay. I'll like, take that. In real life. I'll I take won, that. I won every day I woke up. You feel me? Plus, nigga like me ain't never lost. 313 wins. Never lost. Hey, never lost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 312 weeks in a row. But how, how was your week, though? Man, week has some, we had some wins in it, man. You know, I've been dealing with health shit on and off for the last six years. I found out that surgery I may not have to have. I got to still get, like, another test or two just to confirm. But yeah. I may not have to have that. Now, finally. Like, but don't you want to fully switch your gender, though? Uh, <laughs> that's what we doing today. Uh, no. That's what we doing today. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we doing today. <laughs> All right, my bad. Dog. And then uh, my job situation. I finally got some clarity on that. I I interviewed for my position okay. that I've been doing for six, six months, months yeah. today, and they fi- they finally bought a nigga on. Oh, that's what's up. But she hit, she hit me after with all some, that shit. Yeah, but she definitely hit me with some bullshit in the interview that I was like, oh, we 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 gonna bring that up? Like we we bring. <laughs> Up old shit. <laughs> so yeah. I was that kind of like, and she brought it up at the end of the interview. I'm like, damn, son. Yeah, well, congratulations like, and shit. Thank, man. thank you. Know Permanent employment because the nigga got babies. I got babies to feed. I don't got babies, but still, I got my bills check. too. Bills and babies. And that's a fact. Uh, other than that, everything's smooth. Yeah, man, everything's good. God is good. God is great. Yeah, oh, man. God is great all the time. All the time. Yo, when you hit me up and said you was bringing your guy brother up here to, to talk about some shit, when the seated nigga on the elevator and shit, I was like, yo, this my <laughs> I, man. I thought he, so look, you know, I say it all the time, like, I'll never turn a scam down just off of like, oh, these niggas scam, like, let me hear it. 
let me hear the whole play before <laughs> I be like, yeah, I don't know if I want to or like, you know, let's roll with it because it could like a, this is probably bad to say, but the scam could be your blessing. You know what I'm saying? That could be what you need to come up off your feet. And I just need to hear it because I don't walked into some plays that like, yo, this sound like some bullshit. Nigga, I walked into a play last summer and I had my daughter with me. I think I talked about the shit. Yeah. My man called me. He's like, look, dog, I just ran the shit. I, I made two racks off of it real quick. If you come now, you can get your hands on the money. And I was like, fuck. Yo, listen. I'm going to have to take my daughter with me. And, it, and we came up two bands. I mean. Yo, listen, today or this week, I ran into a play, right? Okay. And, <laughs> and, you, was, didn't call, and you didn't call me. Uh, I didn't. I see. So I was at work. Right. Okay. I'm flexible. I can leave and my I, job. And I heard a laugh. And I'm like, I, I know that motherfucking laugh. Anyway, I looked around, and it's a friend of the show. Okay. Uh, and I ain't, I ain't physically ran into him in a long time, and we started chopping it up. And he he dubbed business with somebody who worked with me, and like I was listening. I'm like, you know, this shit sounds some shady. No, a hundred percent legal. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I had to like, all right, let me. Let me go back and and, and, and like <laughs> get with my people to make sure this shit is like like legal, legal, and like yo might have some shit on the flow. I mean legally, but like I seen some proof of this, and I was I, you know with my own eyes, and I was like, that nigga need to be involved. Okay, so you know. If it, it, I if mean, it backfired and the pod just stopped, y'all niggas know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, slow money like, better than no money. Like, so damn, I mean, what happened to Shop Talk? Like, 312 weeks in a row and now nothing. Now we indicted? I mean, I'm not cuffing up. Oh, because I'm, I'm going down. I'm going down. I'm not... I'm not I'm not I'm not putting on nobody's cuffs and county blues ever again in my life. I'm a civilian at this point in my life. Nigga, I, I obey all the laws. I'm getting my license back. Like I'm just I got my road test next week. I'm a I'm just a straight and narrow tax paying civilian. Uh I am a civilian. I am a taxpayer. I do not follow all the rules though. Now, I'm not saying I follow all the rules, but I, I just not follow all the rules. I'm just not going back to jail. So what if you did all how long has it been since you had a license? Shit, nigga, about five years. What if you do all this shit, you being paid all your shit, got all your tickets and everything, and you failed a road test? Can you drive with the road test? We and I don't, I don't mean that as like a joke. Like so for me, while I'm know, driving, nigga, I'm nervous because I know I how drive, to drive, but I don't, I don't drive know how ten to roll, two. I don't know how to road test drive. Like yeah, nigga, I know how to whip my vehicle, <laughs> yeah. but like ten and two, you know, perpendicular park, <laughs> you know, all of all of the terms and Where shit. You your <laughs> this little grimy little spot on the east side. I know they go the one off the freeway. Same day testing. <laughs> yeah, same day oh, no, testing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I ain't I ain't worried about that. Yeah, you I just had to. I ain't never been there, but I heard about that place. Look, man, I've been going there. I took my first road test there at sixteen, and I can promise you, yeah, I did not do I got, the parallel parking. Yeah, that's where that's where I got my uh, road test down there. You go pass. Yeah. What I, if I, what if my car parallel parked by itself? Huh? You pass? No, you know, you know what I'm saying. Not cars that you pull up and you hit the button and the motherfuckers parallel park. Can you do that in your, on your road test? That don't. I don't know. Yeah, if your car able to do that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, pass it. <laughs> but most niggas don't have one, a vehicle. For one, Man, them niggas in like outside the car. Fusions and shit now. Like, it ain't, you know. He gonna be outside the car. 
Oh, shit. That's why I say you can press the button. Yeah, press and they're button. just trying to make sure that the, the sticks around the shit don't yeah, move like you his, hit that's something. That's his whole thing, to stay outside to make sure you don't hit the cone. I mean, I got cameras and shit, they, you know. That's that's cool, but, like, I'm, you know, I ain't had to parallel park with pressure in a long-ass time. Like, nigga, I went to Target yesterday. Fuck yeah, I'm going to take up three spots because guess oh, what? I, I want like to. <laughs> I want to. Nigga's fucking up the spots, though. I hate that shit. Nigga, I'm parking <laughs> while everybody else is, you know, in line, nigga, I'm parking vertical across three spots because I'm only going to be in this bitch just to pick up my order. It ain't going to be that long. You don't know how long that line is. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. That's what I did. That's how niggas get tickets. with that shit. in and out shit. They don't know what they about to get into. <laughs> Walking that bitch. At, at, it's 2 o'clock on a Saturday. Right. Come on, in and out. Come on, in and out. That's my plan. In my head, it made perfect sense. But I didn't go front. I, I caught a ticket in Hamtramck like that like a week ago. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run in this record store, pick something up. I'd be in and out, and and it's right by a big-ass window. I'm like, if I see a meter nigga pull up, I'll run out and go, you know, pay the shit. I'm, I made my purchase. Now nah, I came front. I stayed in that bitch probably about a half hour. But I came out with shit on the car. I was like, cool. Meter nigga ain't come by. Nigga, why I get a ticket in the mail for, for illegal parking in Hamtramck? <laughs> Damn, that's when you got that record from me? Hamtramck don't I, let no, that I, shit I went back. So, I oh. went back to get something else. But, yeah. Hamtramck don't let that shit sleep at all. No, they don't. They don't. They, they, take, they police their little yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch Parking Wars. Yeah. It's a nigga from Detroit. Ain't his, his, nigga's name Ponytail. Yeah. Yeah, them niggas don't be playing, dog. <laughs> What like, you don't want is that boot on your shit. Yeah, I, I can't. Like yo, that. yo, we got booted in Chicago just on like a guy's trip. We was just down there kicking it. Nigga definitely came out to a boot on a rental. Dang. Oh, y'all can have this rental. <laughs> I paid for the insurance. Hey, they, there it go. They booted this nigga in Chicago in the parking garage though. Mm. Yeah, because he was taking up two spots. I saw that one. Nigga was taking two spots. In the parking garage. Like, mm. How you boot a nigga in the parking garage? That shit, wow. So look, man, we, we got some guests in it. We got some guests in the building. Y'all, y'all hear the voices and Returning shit. Guests, Returning guests. Friends of the guests, show. Absolutely. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, man. What up, though? It's your boy Chaz, man. Represent 3269, as always. What up, though? It's your boy Sinatra747, representing UNF.gang. All right. What up, though? It's your man, B-Scarb, a.k.a. Real Name No Gimmicks. In the building, holding it down for the collective ASAR VMG dot game Mason made UNF we in the building. That's welcome, welcome, That's fellas, welcome back. I was just listening to Club Shirley's like on my way up here, so I mean I'm glad to see y'all, man. It's always good to connect with familiar faces, and y'all got new music. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah new music. So we definitely gonna get into that. Yeah, but how, how was y'all weeks, man? Um, I mean, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, another day, another dollar. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I made it, so that's that's the big thing. That's a big thing for me. Another day, another dollar. Uh, working. It's basically it. You know what I'm saying? Working. Looking forward to this interview. Really. You okay. Know what I'm saying? I can't right. wait. I can't wait till it's time to get back to the music. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, me. Uh, kind of work with you, Dame. Has been a trying start to the year. Um. Overall, last three, four years since uh, my divorce personally, not in a bad way, but just, you know, restructuring, reconfiguring and um, a lot of self-growth, a lot of spiritual growth. Niggas don't understand how 
and I, I'll only speak from the, the point of view from my divorce. Okay. Me and my ex-wife was separated for four years before the divorce. Like, we went through all the proceedings and shit. And, even though we both had moved on. I had another child. She was living like, nigga, that shit took the fucking wind out of a nigga. Like, when my divorce was over, just full transparency, like, nigga, I was sitting outside of Coleman Young with my head in my lap, like, nigga, in tears. Like, what the fuck happened? Mm. And, like, the shit was over with. Like, literally, you signed some paperwork, and the person that you knew and loved and thought you could change the world with at one point is, like, nigga, the plaintiff and the defendant. And that shit is over with. Yeah, I mean, I share the sentiment, maybe not the same story, um, because I got married very young, fresh out of college, had kids while I was in college. So my journey was a little different, and um, I didn't necessarily advocate for it. My ex-wife did. Um and we was a year separated, and it's been three years, legally divorced before altogether. But long story short, man, like I said, I'm just thankful to my belief in my father and what he's doing in my life. And um, Amen. even though it's been a, a journey, I've been blessed for it. I can honestly say all needs have been met. Most of my wants and desires have been granted. And he's just showing me to just stay on the path, you know, no matter what comes my way. And, man, we got to throw some extra prayers because you a girl dad. You yeah. All, <laughs> the, the, the gang is just thick with all ladies. And that's yeah. that's a whole nother str- – I got no. two daughters. And, look, bro, if I could grow hair, it'd be gone. My, my <laughs> oldest girl spend money like she sell dope. And she don't understand that she poor. You know what I'm saying? Like she ain't got she ain't got no clue in her life. Like you you from the ghetto and you poor, <laughs> but she 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 think like literally she spend money like she sell dope, and I just don't I don't understand her thought process. And she Daddy really gonna make it happen. She really think like I'm gonna sit on the toilet and shit out a band, and I'm like, you know how fucking hard I gotta work for you to have the shit that you want. All right. Fuck the even the shit that you want. Do you know how fucking hard I got to work to have the shit that you need? Your brothers eat $400 worth of food in two days. (laughs) Two days. (laughs) Niggas eat whole boxes of cereal as a... At, like just just being at home and this virtual shit. Like niggas eat whole boxes of cereal just all day. My son think like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, oh, that's mine. That's my shit. Like <laughs> this, this. Every time happened. I'm in the kitchen, you you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator, <laughs> eating up all the food. And it's nothing. There's nothing as disheartening as like I'm sitting in my bedroom, watching. A couple nights ago, I'm sitting in my bedroom watching the game. I hear him stumble from downstairs, and I just hear the fridge open up. I'm like, bro, it's nine o'clock at night. The kitchen should be closed. You've you've met your your quota for the day. And he like, I'm I'm still hungry. Like, you ain't hungry, you bored. Yeah, I'm like, like go, go, to go to sleep. If you close your eyes, that meal will magically disappear. Eat some sleep for dinner. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nights I eat sleep for dinner. Eat hope. Something so I'd have been so broke before I ate hope and want for dinner. <laughs> Put a little sugar in some water for some razzle dazzle and take your ass to sleep. I mean, I'm grateful. My daughters, they both uh doing really well in school, very proud of them. Um, they blossom into beautiful young ladies. My oldest is a uh Finishing her freshman year at Cass. Okay. And um high school a whole different animal. Yep, yep, yep. And then my baby girl, we call her affectionately boss baby. She started preschool this spring, so just seeing her development and growth and the time that she's been in structured in a structured learning environment has been pretty dope. And just watching them all because they all at different phases. I yeah. got soon to be fifteen, 
soon to be 11 and just turned four. So they all at different stages. My daughter's so I 16. Par- I got parents and all different. Yeah. My daughter's 16. And now the thing is, like, she want to date. And that shit, that shit making me, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not making me feel well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's just part of life. I mean. You don't want to hear that shit. I don't. I don't. You know what I'm saying? And I, have, I, have, have, have yeah, you and, and have her a couple other uncles come over. You know what I'm saying? I so got, I, I told I told her, I was like, I don't, all jokes aside, I don't have no issue with her dating. Or she want to go out with some little nigga and they want to. Go to the movies or go to Chili's, whatever. But my my first rule is that before you and this young man go out on your journey, he got to make a trip over to the West Side and sit down with me. I don't give a fuck what your mama talking about. <laughs> Little nigga got to come see me before y'all go somewhere. You know, it's always the you know what I'm saying like when I was in high school I was dating this girl, and you know you got to go meet the parents, and and then the uncles want to have a talk with you and shit. And uh, now our family, half the family cops, the other half criminals and or they mix together, too. You know what I'm saying? And like the lifelong criminals and shit. And he came over, put me in the car. Nigga look exactly like Chris Rock. So it's hard to take the nigga serious. But he is a lifelong criminal. OK, yeah. uh, so he put me in the whip. We on Warren and Westwood. He got a uh, some whip. He got a slapstick in it. So it's not like a stick, but whatever. Nigga, we floor that bitch from Warren. And uh, Westwood all the way to Joy Road. Now to get that's at least we went we went past Tyreman, which is like another major street, and blew through every stop sign. You know what I'm saying? I guess he want to you know try to scare me and shit. I was scared than a motherfucker, but I wouldn't let the nigga know because I'm thinking like we about to die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I got into a car accident on Westwood, well Minock and um in Tyreman, and got T-boned. You know what I'm saying? Like. And that shit scarred me. Like, I didn't think I was going to be able to drive. Every time I seen a car come from the right-hand side, like, I would jump. You know what I'm saying? This nigga floored all through this bitch. I'm like, look, like I know y'all love her and everything, but why you want to kill both of us, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, I just want to go to the show. <laughs> like, so w- when I'm in the... When I'm in the uh, if I fell out this chair, <laughs> when I'm in the the scare, the 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 boyfriend and potential mate mode, like I'm not trying to lose my life in the process. This motherfucker was crazy. But my thing is, I don't want to scare no little nigga. But like, I need to know first and last name, nigga. I need some ID. I need your phone yeah. number. I need your mama phone number because she got a curfew. And if she come in a minute late, I need to know where the fuck to find my baby. I don't give a fuck about you. What's gonna happen? Like. I done gave her the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I know my daughter, but like, nigga, I'm giving you access to her. So if anything go wrong, I need to know where the fuck to find you at. Cause like 17 year old me and 40 year old me is totally different. Like I should have put it into that shit as 17 year old me, but I just wasn't there. Like, so we was together for a long time, like even after high school and shit. And this nigga was like lifelong criminal. He had bitches. Like pimps, he would bring them hoes over to her apartment and shit. Like it's three o'clock in the morning, this nigga knocking on the window and she would look out. It's him with two white bitches and shit. Come, I'm like, it's way too evasive over here. Like a foot should have been put down a long time ago. But you know what I'm saying? When you're in eleventh grade, like you don't know this nigga crazy. The niggas had shootouts with family members. Yeah. Like, I mean, not to belabor the point, I had the same sentiment. But because of, you know, where God got me, you know, and just my own life journey, what I tried to educate my daughters on is just foundation. Mm. So it was like, I don't mind you having friends. I don't mind you dating. 
but let's get that bachelor's out the way first. Absolutely. Let's get your crib Damn. situation. Get the bachelor's out the way before you start dating. <laughs> no, it's not even so much the dating part, but just being in a committed situation. Like, yeah. let's get the bachelor's out the way. Let's get the whip out the way. Let's get the, the crib out the way. And the reason why I kind of instilled that in them because it's like whoever you going to come in contact with between high school and college, outside of just giving you fun, when that fun turns into something else, they're not going to be able to do nothing for you. And then me and you are going to have to figure that out. Yeah. So I don't want you to start life off behind the eight ball because you made a decision around fun. So yeah. I've, I've done a great job of trying to educate my daughters that with fun comes, you know, a thin veil responsibility. Mm. So at least before you start having fun, just make sure your foundation good. And I always yeah. tell them, like, you know, when you graduate and you give or take 21, 22, I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you live. <laughs> But let's at least get to that, get to that threshold, so I know you straight. Because you like, grown, you grown. Ain't no fucking turning back. Right. Once you start making certain grown decisions, right? Like nigga, you in the game now, that's right? So that's all I was trying to even understand. Because you know, we all know people, and we all have our experiences. But a lot of people, quote unquote, become stuck because of premature decisions that they Absolutely. wasn't necessarily ready for. That's a fact. And they spend their whole life trying to recover from that. And I, and I don't want my daughters to be codependent on a dude because they feel like, well, I don't have access to transportation or I don't, you know, like my living situation, so I'm going to go live with dude because we a couple and, you know, weird stuff get to happen. And it's like, no, I'm going to make sure they got their own place. I'm going to make sure they got their own car, make sure that the education is, is, is afoot. They at least got some level of a good income rolling in. And now what you decide to do, and hashtag hot girl summer live your best life. Just don't don't let me see you on the other side of the bars. That's all dad care about. But that's that's good. real. That's real. So I just try to kick it with them like that. And of course, like you, you know, some jump off. I'm definitely coming with that. We'll walk and we're gonna figure it out. But yeah, I try to speak life more so than speak uh fear or death or pessimism. I just try to, you know, speak for my life a life a life preference. Sinatra, what you got going on these days, fam? Man, um, grinding, man, grinding. Um, I just lost my brother. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, my god brother in Atlanta. Um, little C, long live little C. Yeah, so um, I just been uh, just dealing with it, man. Dealing with it, dealing with it, man. It's, it's been a rough imagine. year. Yeah, been a yeah. rough year, but um, the music kind of helping me through it. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So, Chaz and um. B been here, you know, a, a few times and shit. Um, so we familiar to that portion of the of the dot gang. Um, you the newer version of, in the podcast, at least uh, that our audience hasn't been introduced yet. Um, how did you meet these guys? And well, um, me and B, we had history. You know, um, we was actually a part of the same back in the day. Black government. Shout out Big Gov. Mm. And um, solid dude right there, Big Gov. Yeah, That's my yeah, guy yeah, for sure. And, uh, I didn't know you was done with that. Not with that, but I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it. I, I let him uh, finish his. his yeah. Um, so me and me and B kept, in, you know, kept we kind of we kind of lost touch, and then we we got back in touch um, through uh, my girl or whatnot. She uh, she's P dot cousin. Mm. Okay. So that's how that came about, and I knew B was managing P dot, and uh, we actually um, they had a show. And I jumped on one of their shows with Bodie James, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was dope. It was a dope experience, and uh, we locked in ever since. 
That's dope. You know, I see one consistent thing, like when it comes to Scarve and the artists that you work with, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's a family aspect behind most of these connections. You know, these are, yeah. these are friends and, and like family and it's, it's easier to do business with people that's like you genuinely have that love and respect yeah. for in that aspect. And that's just a common theme I see amongst y'all. I know J-Bo is like his actual blood family, yeah, yeah. you know, the connection with Dot. So, it's you know, that's a that's a consistent, consistent line with y'all. I see that, too. And I, I see it as just relationship building. You know what I mean? I don't think that you go into business or anything until a, a relationship has been developed, mm-hmm. um, whether that be. On a personal level, financial, whatever it is, you know, I think you do a really good job of relationship building. I think it trickles down to everybody and it comes from a real place. You know, sometimes you can just get people together and throw them together and um, y'all on the same team, so to speak. But it's a bunch of people working in silos versus working together. I've been through that. So just a light touch because you uh, it piqued your interest when you dropped the name. Um. I kind of got like a, a combination of uh, origin. So one part of my origin is black government with Big Gov. Uh, shout out to my business partner, who's still my business partner to this day, uh, Deontay T. Bishop. Um, but when I was in college and undergrad, he uh, got connected with Gov and them through a personal connection with uh, Gov's younger cousin. Uh, shout out Jay Diamonds from Black Lion Society. They all either like either went to school together or socialized together at that time, coming out of high school, and um, black government was already up and running. So he started hanging out with them. And then when I was coming home on the weekends from college, whenever we would go to the club and socialize and have fun, that would be the entourage. So after like a couple weekends of coming home and just having a good time, you know, shout out the apartment back in the day, shout out yeah. the zoo bar back in the day, <laughs> shout out the Steam back in the day, the original Steam, yeah, all stars. So if you was outside and if you knew, you knew, you knew what was going on. So absolutely, those are some of the spots that we was at. So um, my socialization with them was like my fraternal experience and kind of like what I would say is my college memories because I didn't have that where I went to school. I went to a small liberal arts college in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a.k.a. Kalamazoo College, not Kalamazoo Community College, there's a difference, and not Western. So Kalamazoo College is right next door to Western. But long story short, um, I didn't pledge. I wasn't really social in college. I just pretty much played ball my first couple years and just got my education. So I came back to Detroit a lot often um, to be with family and friends. Eventually, like I said, early on, had my daughter, when I was in school and got married right out of school, but black government was like my fraternity. And so a lot of my memories in college are just youthfulness and having a good times with them. And then, you know, we did street team stuff, putting up posters, passing out flyers, cold as hell outside, snot froze on the side of your face, you know, some of the grunt work. So those are the memories that I have with them. And then on the other side, a couple of years prior, when I first went to high school, I spent a lot of intimate time around Big Hurt. And this was right when uh, the No record was ringing. Listen to it today, by the way. Yep. This right when um, I think he was finishing up Guilty as Charged. I think I'm a Boss had just started hitting hard. And um, a couple other records off of there. Um, That was the soundtrack to the studio early this morning. I went through all the rock bottom shit today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Big Hurt, Young Hurt, um, Woodrow, all that. You know what I'm saying? But um, family connections uh, brought that experience together. Uh, one of my older cousins 
had a, a record store on Seven Mile back in the day called Platinum Records. So my origin as far as Detroit culture and Detroit rap is is double duty with Hurt kind of uh, predating the black government situation. But I really got a chance to like be outside, outside, and able to be in the venues and kind of see the culture through black government where we're hurt. It was just him coming to the record store, doing a couple performances up there, and kind of being in the studio a little bit, but not really being all the way in. Plus, I was younger, so I wasn't old enough to do some of the stuff. So that's why I started. And um, like he said, that's how me and him connected. Um, it was like a kind of like a mutual impassing type relationship. We weren't super locked in. And then I've always kind of kept a watchful eye on him down through the years and at different points. I did stuff with Gov here and there. At different points, I did stuff with Black Lion Society. Uh, but nothing ever really stick. And then um, obviously in that time on my own, I developed all my own stuff that I've already interviewed with you guys about from the award show, early days of EMG, um, some of the other artists that I work with. And that's pretty much it. So to your point, um, a lot of the choices that I make or have made in the last three to four years, um, when I kind of rebranded and restructured myself for like the third or fourth time, it was about doing things that had meaning to it. Because I kind of been through that phase of trying to build a name and, and, and the acclaim of that name. Then I've been through the phase of kind of being hungry and wanting to make as much money as I could make. And so now at this stage in my life, it's more about legacy. It's like, okay, when I look back over what I've done, no matter what the criticism, good, bad, and different, am I okay with what I've done? Am I okay with how I impacted my community? You know, am I okay with the people that I work with? If I die today, how would those people speak on me? How would those people remember me? You know, what what stories would be told? So, you know, working with Chaz, working with Dodd, Nas, Sinatra, shout out our other person, Dollar, that's what that was about. So yes, it is personal relationships, in one form or another that turned into business because it wasn't a need. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good in terms of middle class as far as how I live personally, so it ain't really about the money. Who don't want to make extra money? Y'all was talking about plays earlier, but it's like I'm not thirsty. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good. So it's like if I do it, it's because I really want to do it because I respect the character and the person. Like, yeah. I'm bigger on character now and less about the opportunity or the the – the oppor- less about the opportunity and less about the commerce. I'm more about the character because yeah. if you got character, you know we can move mountains. Yeah, so that's just what it is for me. So thank you for that that, that compliment, Dan. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Chaz, man, how how this uh how this been working out for you, man? From the uh... Club Shirley's was a big release, man. Did well, had a lot of strong songs on there. A lot of <laughs> man, I I'd even. Like some of my favorite songs uh, of that year came off of that project. You know, we, me and Jay, oh, had really? the opportunity to sit in on a listening session, yeah, yeah. and you know, to to see the complete rollout from the listening session to actually you putting it out there. You know, I know throughout the pandemic, y'all was y'all was still working, still yeah. supporting the album. You know, dropping the Coney Island project, so so you 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 never stayed stagnant even when the traditional role of an artist changed because the right. pandemic changed how niggas had to hustle right just plain and simple where you could put out a project you know hit the shows and support it now you gotta you gotta come up with some creative ways to yeah, yeah, to make yeah. the to make the shit still still simmer so you don't yeah. lose that buzz and that push 
you know, throughout the shit. But I mean, you've been staying strong, and I see your name out there. So I mean, yeah. what, what, what have, what have you been up to? What's, what's been working for you? Um, just staying focused and motivated. You know what I'm saying? To just, um, you know, just to just to keep a working mind frame. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, you know, due to being under, you know, what I'm saying, be leadership. It's like it's always something to be done. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when times when we don't, you know what I'm saying, get together and probably do some work physically, you know, there's enough content that we put together to promote or, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're like, it's always something to be done, whether it's networking, whether it's sharing some type of content of a video, a song, an album, um, you know, reaching out to this person or that person or this artist, that producer, um, taking time out to perfect yourself as an artist, you know, like certain days, I don't even like when it comes to this music, I feel like this, like if I can at least dedicate two hours every day towards towards this dream of mine, there's there's no way I can't make progress. But to me, it's like it's always something. Like it don't have to always be the same thing. Like some days I may not I may not do anything music wise mm-hmm. some days i may just watch my performances to to you know what i'm saying critique myself on how i could be better when it comes to the next performance sometimes i may just watch all the interviews that i've done to critique myself to peep how you know i say this too much or i say that too much you know like one of the things that i'm trying to get better at is i say you know what I'm saying, like a hundred times in every interview. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I say that a hundred times, and as much as I try to get better at it, I just like I keep getting worse when I watch it back. When I watch the interviews back, but yeah, yeah, like my whole mind frame is just being to consistently work because. As long as I put some type of effort towards, we can make some type of progress. Okay, and every day that I'm given. On this earth, you know, like no day is not promised. So if I'm given a, another day, you know what I'm saying, to see, that's another chance that I've been given to make it right or to do it right or absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I don't take that for granted. Uh Sinatra, man. So uh the black government, that was what, like initially kicked off for right, two thousand five, two thousand six, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So you've been yeah. you've been in the you didn't have the music bug for quite some time then, right? Yeah, uh, I actually it's crazy because uh, I used to um, rap with uh, the Grasher Boys okay. back in the day. Um, shout out to Envy, Long Live Tizzle. Um, I used to run around the East Side with them, so uh, we used to go to the Butterfly uh, arcade spot. You know, the Butterfly miles. to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Butterfly. So we used to always go up, up there, highlight like girls. <laughs> that <laughs> right. was the we was Man, we, was we literally spot, just had a conversation boy. about the bump. That was the that was the that spot. Was the spot. Yeah. I swear to God, yeah. yeah. We used to go up there, get numbers, and uh, it was somebody up there promoting them uh, because Gov had a club back in the day. Um, I think it was like Motor City, uh, Motor City Live, I think, or something like that. It was downtown, and um, they were passing out flyers. And my homeboy Envy was like, "Man, we gotta go to this. We gotta go to this. Uh, yeah, uh, we gotta go uh, network with Gov." So um, we took one of the flyers. We went downtown, and uh, I showed up. And uh, I guess Envy already uh, knew Jake. And he was like, yeah, Jake, this Sinatra. 
uh, Sinatra spit a 16, I spit a 16 for Jake, and Jake was like, man, you black government. <laughs> it was just like that. Like, bam, you black government. Because I was doing a lot of battle rapping back then. Yeah. So uh, ever since then, it, we was locked in. You know what I'm saying? I heard you. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you referenced that on the fucking mixtape, right? Uh, I think I heard like some like battle rap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, one yeah. of the ad libs. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. dropping his nuts a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Because uh, you know that's legend. that's that's my shit. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I love this battle shit. You know what I'm saying? You. Well, we had a um, we had a group back in the day called uh, Digo Mafia. Um, it was my homie uh, Hollow Cost, and um, I don't know if you know the battle rapper Clean Paper. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's like my bro. That's my brother. Okay. Man, I, <laughs> big fans of QP. Yeah, when I'm bored, yeah. I just go to YouTube and put QP versus. Yeah, it was it was me, Holocaust, Clean Paper, um, D Skrill with Turbulence. We was all in a big group. And we used to just go around battle rapping people. Yeah. And, and everywhere yeah. people was rapping, we was we was at the malls, Northland, Fairlane, just battling people. Yo, clean, man. <laughs> yeah, <he's old. laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. I call him like the best kept secret because you know, you can hear, you know, some of the, the names he was affiliated or associated with. But in all honesty, as far as a, a professional artist perspective, he never got his moment. Yeah. You know, a lot of it was, like I said, street team and being a supportive creative behind the scenes, you know, with Gov being the front man. So um, I just feel like that's been my role with him is just trying to shine the light. And get people to pay attention and, you know, kind of let him do his thing because he'd been more than deserving for over a decade. But, you know, that's just kind of how life worked out for him and yeah. what his journey was. So I, I like to reference him as the best kept secret. So okay. let me ask. This is a little cliche, but I really want to know. So what was kind of like your early influences with music? Like when you grew like typically those who used to rap or rap, like it's somebody that was like super dope. I'm like, nigga, I want to rap like this. Um. I would say Jadakiss. Okay. Jadakiss, yeah. Definitely. It's not a bad pick at all, man. No. Definitely Jadakiss, man. And all, like, the locks and um, Cassidy. and I was big on punchlines. <laughs> Weren't we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still am, shit. Yeah. My first, um, first time listening to actual hip-hop was Houdini, though. Houdini. Uh, my uncle had a tape. And um, I was going through the uh, cabinet, and I seen he just had a bunch of tapes. And, you know, I'm a little kid, and I, I see Houdini, so I'm like, magic. <laughs> so I had my yeah. tape player, I put it in, and it was magic. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was locked in ever since then, especially the beast they was rapping off of. So. Now, I think Uncles is single-handedly create hip-hop for, for the next generation. Though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mine was a little different. I actually, uh, the, the, um, who let it become affectionately pops to me, but quote-unquote my stepfather, his nephew, um, he was actually here one of the times we came and seen y'all. Um, he go by Rich Casmer in, in the music world, but his real name is Anton. But long story short, he introduced me to hip hop because at the time when my mom and his uncle first started dating, um, we used to play on the block a lot of times. My mom would bring me with her when she would go to link up with dude. And um, I remember one day he was uh, bumping something, and I was. It sound foreign, you know what I'm saying? But I kind of liked it at the same time, not understanding why I'm liking it. And it just so happened to be DJ Quick, born and raised in Compton. Mm. And he like, like give or take a few months younger than me. So he looking at me like, you don't know what this is? Like, like talking like we adults, but we yeah. kids though. Of course. And I'm like, no, I'm not hip, you know what I'm saying? And he put me on it. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's been it ever since. So 
I know most people, like you said, it'd be your parents or your uncles or your aunt that generally turn you on the music, but it was actually my peers. What about you, Chaz? What was my early influences? Yeah, like, was it a family member? Did you stumble it upon yourself? Like, hip-hop specifically? Hip-hop? My brother. It was my oldest brother. Like, um, when I was 12, he was was a part of a rap group from off his block on uh, Gallagher off 8 Mile, you know what I'm saying, called Unit 8. So, like, my brother is 10 years older than me. Okay. So, like, it'd be a lot of, it'd be times where, you know, he'll have moments where, you know what I'm saying, in order to keep mom's car, he got to babysit little you. bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, that's how I got, that's how I, yeah, I got my brother so much. <laughs> he had to take me with him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of those rehearsals, a lot of those, you know what I'm saying, just on the block, chilling, ciphers and all that, I was able to witness and um, it used to, it used to be a segment on the radio where they had like a, a, a freestyle, freestyle look like every Friday or something yeah, like I'm, that. I'm they here. had like the little freestyle, and like when bro would hear it on the radio, he always used to be rapping over it himself. So just little little moments like that, man. I used to always aspire, you know what I'm saying, to be like my big bro. So I adapted to hip hop then, and um. As time went on, you know, he taught me the true essence of being an MC, and then I became a student myself. Mm. That's love. Yeah. Uh, so this new, I guess the newest project, uh, fuck a demo. Yeah, uh, fuck a demo tape. What what uh what brought that up? What brought that on? Who idea was that, or how that come about? Well, that came from my table. That that's usually when the book. Get passed to me But uh, long story short It was just a creative way To introduce Sinatra As a part of the fold And then also um, Bring in our other uh, Availing brother Dollar Like Dollar Technically came on board During the pandemic But he liked that One brother One relative That when he around It's a great moment But when he gone He gone that was like a collective way to kind of bring them all together and um like i said really put him and sinatra on the forefront because as you as you all both have said uh dot and child's been relentless yeah yeah the whole time so they kind of was like playing the back role a little bit on fucking nemo and letting them kind of play the front role um and it was just trying to find a music sound bed that worked for all of them because all their styles so different. So I don't know if y'all had time to um, listen a little bit to his music that he had done prior to working with us or even Dollars. Um, but trying to find that synergy was a little challenging, but I think I did okay with that. And um, I didn't want to overkill because it was you know such a new concept. So the four records was intentional. And... Um, Definitely no rules, so we had the super long intro because at that time I didn't know how the year was going to unfold for me personally, kind of like what me and Dane was testifying about earlier. So I just wanted to get out all that creative energy that I could in that moment from like an A&R and executive producer standpoint and just, you know, giving them the canvas to paint on and then the rest of it was them, you know what I'm saying? But the concept was no rules, be super creative and just kind of basically do what we wanted to do. You know, on our last projects we had before that, uh, Chaz coined the phrase politic music, and we definitely got more than enough politic music to be able to send out for bookings and, you know, make business moves behind and get at radio. 
So fucking demo was very intentional about being organic and unorthodox and more so the essence of the culture. So skits and concepts and storytelling and yeah, just kind of letting them all run wild without a whole lot of structure. Yeah. Uh, I just listened to it. So one, I haven't gone back and listened to Sinatra, your older stuff, but I'm interested now. Um, so I will be, <laughs> um, uh, which is pretty dope. Why well, I like the podcast because like, we get to introduce y'all to our audience, and then when they have a reason to like like you as a person or want to know about you, then they start uh, fucking with the music. So yeah. just based off of uh, your battle rap history and who your early influences are. I'm like, nah, shit, I want to go listen to it, see if I can see that in the music. You know what I'm saying? So I will be following up on that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But Caprices, Cutleys, Monies, and Regals. Uh, so when I just see those four words, I instantly think Detroit. <laughs> now, I, I have no idea if other cities across the country fuck with Caprices, Cutleys, Monies, and Regals. But them four was synonymous with my childhood growing up. You right. know what I'm saying? So in the... I say Detroit from the 90s to the early 2000s is when I was coming of age, right? So nowadays, it'll probably be Chargers, uh, Chalies, and all that shit. But, like, in my age demographic, Caprices, Cullies, Monies, and Regals. Like, that's... Man, I take a clean grand now. Hey, you the too. first one to say that title like straight through for real. That's like, how I, I ain't know even it's, said it's, it's, in, it's in you and not on you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I ain't every, even said it. Every yet. time I see a clean <laughs> one, it, get, say, it it give me that feeling. You know what I'm saying? I. I I can close my eyes and I know what that engine gonna sound like when you crank it up. You know what I'm saying? I know what the flow mass is gonna sound like when you hit that gas. Like that's, <laughs> but that's a feeling. You know, we all relatively around the same right. age, and that's a feeling that I grew up with. You know, that's. I don't care. You know, I I love all the new rise to technology, but you know, ain't nothing like a classic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing like pulling up on the block. Pulling up on Seven Mile or Bell Isle in your old school, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. I need a, I need an old school money one because it ain't got no GPS in it. Because I'm also a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I like all the gadgets. I like all that new shit. But I need something that's that you can get low key in. Yes, right. But but that car culture it what what kind of I guess ties into the music for me. It's like it's 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 a it's a small fraternity. It's it's classic. You when when you say those cars together, it's a feeling. You know what that means. You know what that is. You know what that meant to your life at that point. Right. Everybody that I looked up that was a little bit older than me, I remember. You know, niggas I grew up with that was a little bit older than me having them same cars. I had a Caprice Classic. You know what I'm saying? I remember, like, my old barber, nigga used to have a clean burgundy money. And when you seen that shit parked outside the shop, you ain't neat. The shop ain't had no phone. You just look for the money. If it's parked outside, D up in there cutting. And that was, that was, it meant a lot. And I want to salute to you because that lets me know, like I said again, it's in you. Because, yes, on the surface, it's about cars. But the double entendre is about Detroit, and it's about a certain time and air in Detroit. And again, if you was outside, if you know, you know, that's what that record was about. So each one of them approached that record for what it meant to them at that time mm. and where they were at that time. So double salute to you for catching that that double concept. Man, when nigga got that money, when twenties was like the before twenty twos, when it was just twenties, I'm gonna fucking look like. It looked like it looked like a motherfucker running up the street holding a car. Like them fucking cars were so fucking great, man. With twenties <laughs> under that motherfucker, dog. 
come on, man. So how'd you feel about it when you when you heard it? Uh, that was the first one. I was like, yo, I, I ran that one back. Um, that one and uh, put it on the flow. Okay. Uh, because I ain't, I ain't really heard y'all on a beat like that before. Yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. And I'm like, I can fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it wasn't like the beat wasn't dropping out. It wasn't no, you know, bunch of mix. It was like, yo, this it. And I'm like, I can fuck with it. And then all four of y'all um, got a chance to flex on that bitch. You this know probably what I'm saying? had more like a mixtape feel to me. You know I didn't saying? feel like that was a Chai song featuring P-Dot or somebody. I felt like right. everybody got on that bitch and was able to was able to flex. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was pressure in the studio. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was fun, though. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like nobody, you know, nobody was um, out of place or, you know what I'm saying? Nobody feel uncomfortable or none of that. Like, I remember specifically about to put it on the flow record while we was, while uh, B was, um, we like to call it uh, performing surgery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> performing surgery on the track. You know what I'm saying? Dollar had um, said, like, he had said, like, um, he wanted to hear how I was approaching the record because he was like, you know what I'm saying? He, he kind of, like, made a, a comment on, like, how like my flow ride right something like that you know what i'm saying it was something like that we was blowed to say i ain't gonna lie you know what i'm saying but it was something like that but that gave me actually more confidence to put more into my writing you know what i'm saying because i honestly big dollar up as being a better artist than me so for him y'all have similar voices uh y'all got similar voices man he's so he he's so like He's so like raw and thorough with that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, that shit be so G to me. But I got very similar. I can tell when it's you rapping because you like, you talk to niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you talk. And I'm like, wait a minute. I like that. The child switch up his I'm like, oh, that's not it. That's not child. Actually, that's somebody else. He motivated me, yeah. though. I ain't going to lie because I was searching. It's I was, that iron I was sharp as iron. Y'all yeah. get in the studio together. Yeah. You know, you you never want somebody to, it's friendly competition. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're not yeah. going at each other's necks, but, you know, I want to have that verse that everybody remember. And yeah, I want to make sure that, saying? you know, I I make them step it up because they came after me on the yeah. song. And I want, I want to make the family proud. You know what I'm saying? And it like, gotta be that way, too. Yeah, I want to make the family proud. Like, I know they gonna bring their best, so I can't disrespect, I can't disrespect the record or their talents by not bringing mine. If if niggas was on the posse cut and we asked a question and everybody didn't want the best worst verse, I want to hear that shit, dog. Because, <laughs> like, what, what are y'all doing? <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? It's right. friendly. Like, I, mean, I wanna... Watching them in the studio was almost like uh, a game of tag because... When one would get done, the other one would be excited to go in. So it wasn't so much like so much about who had the best verse. It was more about I got to match, yeah, match the. Cause you don't know what you don't yeah, want like to be the one that couldn't wait. Yeah. You just couldn't wait. Like, you know, it's my turn. You know what I'm saying? And you know, one thing that I hear when I when I hear you all talk about like recording is that you know with the technology now, I can shoot you a verse. I can shoot you. You know, a beat, but I hear a lot of times it's like y'all in the studio together, yeah. collectively working, yeah. and that's a whole different element and a different energy that people just don't realize. Like right. when you got 
creatives all in the same space. We all working on the same thing. You're going to get a different vibe. It's easy for me just to email you a verse. It's like, all right, well, I'm just, <laughs> then, it, then it's business. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right. You know, and I get it. You you work with different artists with different relationships, and that's how you got to handle business sometimes. But when y'all are collective and it's amongst family, when y'all can get in there together, y'all creating a more cohesive sound because yeah. you're working together as a unit. I mean, we we are a strong. We strong believe in natural chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we want we want things to come off genuine and as as real as it could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we go off vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the vibe ain't right, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna force nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all about the level of comfort that everybody is at, supporting one another. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, like I say, just. Encouraging and and, and motivating one another, dog, to to everybody to bring their best on that record. Man, vibes is science. Yeah. Another another thing that we do, we take our time. So a lot of the music, we have like little, I don't want to necessarily call them A&R means, but we have like just little gatherings where we just talk. Like how we talking now, just talk about life. And I'm probably more adept than they are, but I listen to all of them. So as I'm listening to them talk, I'm kind of got like a mental notepad of a story he might have told from his childhood or how he just said what he went through this week. And I draw that in my memory. So as I'm getting records, I'm like, okay, this would be a perfect record because I know he's been feeling this way. So it's more like therapy. Like You're giving away too much game right now. <laughs> and look, and look, You're really giving away look, too much game see, right and now. And see, the thing about it but is like perfect, perfect example, right? Um Track on track on the album, never forget. You know we what I'm saying? Coming to that, yeah. The never, the never forget record. When we recorded that, just on the personal tip, and just on how B, you know, connects with each one of us on a on a personal level. He came to each one of us like it wasn't no. He stood in the center, and we all just listened to him. He pulled like each one of us aside, and he knew like which one of us he knew. Like the important person that each one of us had lost within the time of us, you know what I'm saying, going through the pandemic and getting to that moment. So that's what, like, he told each one of us one by one, like, I want you to tap into this. I want you to tap into that. Talk to talk about this. Talk about that. A good coach knows how to motivate yeah, his best players. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You're going to get a different performance out of everybody, but you got to find, you know, how you're going to motivate and touch Chaz, how you're going to motivate Sinatra differently. And at the end of the day, the, the play come together, but right. you got to find them different ways to motivate y'all. And it's good that y'all are all linked and tapped in with each other where he know, you know, how to how to get through to you. He know how to get through the dot to make that record like right. that. Right, and that show you how much he care. You know what I'm saying? That just show you how how real and actually like genuine this shit is over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? We ain't this, like 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 his name say real name, no gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? No gimmicks, man. Like, and I can appreciate the music more when it's when it's like that because it's off. It's so much music that hits our ears just on a daily basis. I think I saw a stat where it was like something like 60,000 songs hit streaming platforms wow. every day. Yeah. And that's, you that's know, a lot of noise. Yeah. It is. Yeah, honest, it is. I don't want to listen to every day, though. Yeah. And I'm with you. I don't, I don't, unless I'm looking I have for a, a lot of that shit. Unless I have a reason to listen for it or if I am genuinely care about what insert person has to say next, I don't want to listen to it. 
Cause it's crazy because most of the music I listened to was made in the seventies and the eighties. I, I listen to the exact same shit. Right. I be feeling sometimes I feel like maybe I'm just like a, a critical old man because like <laughs> there's an album that dropped last week that came a lot came out with a lot of hoopla and, and hype and you know fair and you know people it's a classic like first of all some shit ain't even been out 24 hours for niggas to call Tomorrow, it a it's almost dry yeah. It's almost dry as a lot of mid to me, and I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't, that's future. No, oh, that's, that's uh, push your t shirt. Okay, I'm, I just didn't think it was that good. I'm with you. I mean, and some man, people talking about is 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 this one of the? I'm, is it I'm, one I'm, of the greats? No, it's not. It's hella I did, mid. I, I think I think this is what it is, and we we had this creative debate too. Like, <laughs> music is in a weird space right now because, like y'all just said, it's so much that's on tap that comes out. It's impossible for you to listen to everybody. So the key for us as labels and artists and all that is to figure out what makes us stand out. And what you're referring to being older, what we're missing in the game is more authenticity. Absolutely. back then it was a prerequisite. You had to be authentic to whatever it was that you were telling as your story. And the minute your fans found out that it wasn't authentic, we deemed it as whack. Yeah. So with the uh, current release that you're just talking about, I ain't going to necessarily say mid, but it did leave much to be desired because the last few outings was so hyped and so praised, and he's kind of created an ecosystem unto himself where it's like it's more, what I like to say, basic yacht rap and not so much let me relate to you. And in the earlier catalog of the clips and even the earlier catalog of him solo, he was still relating to his listeners. He was still letting people in to understand Thornton, you know, that being his government last name. He wasn't just giving you the character of Pusher, and that's what's missing right now. I agree. Um, and I, I, I just don't think it's that good. That's, that's I, I don't like them weird ass sounding beats. But that's but but that's become the aesthetic because it's like how can you it's almost like uh the old adage about abstract art. Like if if it's a white canvas and I just put a random dot, nobody can say that that's not art. But you're questioning the effort. Like it doesn't take a great deal of effort to put a dot on the white canvas. Yeah. So in reference to what y'all are saying with him, just because you have abstract organic sounds doesn't mean that it's of a higher quality because in the words of uh, Big Crit, it's still gotta be jamming. Yeah. Like you still gotta have a vibe, it's still gotta have a groove, and when it's still gotta connect in some kind of way. So it could be as artsy as you want it. But it still got to resonate to more than just one sect of people. And what I got to what I make sure that I don't do uh, is because like I live and breathe this hip hop music shit. Right. Fact. You know what I'm saying? But like just because I'm aging in the quote unquote culture, I'm not about to force myself to listen to shit that I don't like and act like shit that I don't like is cool be, just because it's younger. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And sometimes I feel that some of the older artists, some of the listeners Cause they don't want to be considered old. We gonna act like we like some of this shit that we clearly don't like. Right, 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 right. And I can tell you if I like it, cause if I listen to it one time, do I listen to it again? Right. 
did I add you into my rotation? You know what I'm saying? For the most part, I listen to the same shit from 20 years ago, from 10 years ago or whatever. And sometimes new shit get added to that rotation. Right. But like, do I really like this? Do but this has got to resonate with you. It's yeah. got to impact. And but you can't fake the resonation. I you, can't fake care. Right. Because I don't care what you got to say. I want to hear what Kendrick Lamar says next. I've been waiting five years <laughs> to hear what he wanted to say next. You only got two more weeks. You know what I'm saying? But like, I care to hear what he says. You only got two more weeks. Whether niggas like Kanye or not, you want to, I still care to hear what he about to say on this right. next project, right? Yeah. Or insert there. Brand new rapper I've never heard of. There is nothing about your presentation that makes me say, I want, I got to listen to this. Right. Now, if I find out, I said that I listened to an interview like, oh, this motherfucker, Oh, he's pretty cool, man. I like his way of thinking and shit. Let me take let me take a listen to see what he's talking about. Right. Now I got a reason to listen. But just because I see your picture on Instagram, I don't want to listen to your album. So I, I kind of look at like how I digest music a little bit differently. When my daughter being the age that she is, she listening to a lot of shit. Right. Things that ain't typically going to pass my ears because I'm not looking for it. So I try and just be open to the fact that, look, when she in the car, she want to listen to her music. And maybe I can I can find something that I enjoy from it. But on the other end, like when you just use and push a T as the example for right now, like this motherfucker I know that can rap that has the ability to rap. When I hear you mailing it in on a whole album, I'm, I I feel cheated because I know what you can do. And this, like this, it, this, this, this is what I'm left with. And I just feel like sometimes, you know, being that that's the aesthetic, everybody too cool, everybody, you know, I, this is how this is how I present it now. Like it's it's all laid back. It's all chill. I'm 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 f- stretching out this style over this type of beat. And this is what you've given me. But like when I look at the body of work, this is not a clear representation of what you are as an artist. Because it's still got to be jamming. Yeah, I got two things though. Like, throw it back to y'all. We saw that happen with Nas and Hit Boy with the two King Disease projects. You know, Nas has always been criticized for his beat selection, unfairly in my opinion. And he's always been criticized for the misses more so than the hits that he had. So we all agree Illmatic was a hit. We all agree it was written it was a hit. Depending on your perspective on the Jay-Z and Nas thing, we all can possibly agree Stillmatic was a hit. But then there were a lot of misses in and around those where those albums didn't live to the level of magnitude they should. But finding somebody that's youthful, in the case of Hit Boy, who just been having the golden touch, honestly, for the last couple years with the pandemic, Hit Boy gave Nas something that made him dig deep and, and, and produce what he produced on those two projects. And he just like found this a, a whole new third win that you don't really see artists get this late in his career. So for me, it's like maybe that Mike will be pushing need. Maybe it's time to tap out of the Pharrell, tap out of the Kanye, and go link with a whole nother producer or link with some of the youthful producers that might bring some out of him because it's too much of a comfort level with Pharrell and Kanye. Like you do, we've already heard those palettes already. It's like go I tap into something new because I'm 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 gonna get the same producer. I'm gonna get the same content, my nigga. Every single time, <laughs> every time, my nigga. <laughs> you're not still currently selling drugs, <laughs> but it's a comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, it's been at least 20 years you ain't been in this shit. But it's like it's a, it's a, we talk about this too, man. Y'all y'all segue game is great. I love y'all, but we talk about the Dylon syndrome in terms of for those who ain't hip. 
go watch an old clip of making the band from back in the day. Classic television, by the way. He said, what's your top five? Die line, die line, die line. But we we talk about it all the time. It's like, just because we love it doesn't mean that everybody else is going to love it. And I constantly challenge them individually as well as challenge myself to try to dig deep with what we do because you don't get a second chance at a first impression. So it's like we want to be as original, as authentic, as creative, as innovative as we can. And we don't want our last project to sound like the new project. We don't want our last song to sound like the last or our last visual. So it's like if you really pay attention, all of our stuff is like a giant storybook. Each project has its own chapter. Each video is a part of that chapter and subtext. But if you listen to them front to back, side by side, or watch them all in the playlist, it all fits together like a big storybook because we're giving you different perspectives of who they are individually and collectively. And and the thing about that I love about y'all projects, man, is like you can hear the growth. You can see it. Like it's if I listen to, you know, when when we've known each other now for a couple years, if I listen to some of the music that y'all bought in, the the first Coney Island project as opposed to the most recent project that y'all put out. Yeah, the members may have changed a little. You know, you've added to the collective, but, you know, like Chai's and P-Dot, I can hear the growth in y'all music. I can, you know, it's not that you don't rap the same, but you're more comfortable in your pockets. You're more right, comfortable right. over these beats. And, you know, that's, that's I guess, what I look for in the music. I want to, especially when I'm invested in the artist. Yeah. And I understand that once I pay my money, a nigga don't owe me shit. It's just yeah. commerce. I paid $10, he gave me an album. That's where the relationship ends. Right. But being invested in some of these artists, like, I now that concerts is open back up, I want to go see niggas in concert. I don't want to see... If Pusha T is coming with that shit, I don't want to see that in concert. And that's what I'm about to say, too. Like, we got that moment, you know, everybody uh, over-highlights the Jetty Kiss moment with the Locks and Dipset battle because he's been doing that his whole career. But it's just that stage was so special that everybody was able to hone in. That's a classic moment in hip-hop. I'm going to say it, but everybody was everybody to hone in and really understand to y'all points about it doesn't matter what era, it doesn't matter what sub-genre, if it's jamming, it's jamming. If it's if it's craftsmanship, it's craftsmanship. If it's skill, skill. So, I watched that clip a ridiculous amount. Of time. <laughs> right, we all have. Like, it's like randomly, I'd be like, it's so pure. <laughs> it's like if you could. It's like that moment, just what he did, just on who shot you along. If if there whatever definition is beside hip hop, you could take that definition out and just insert that clip next to the word hip hop in the dictionary, and it would be a perfect. Defining of what what hip hop is, what he did in that moment, it, and it's and it's basic, <laughs> and, and, and like even when I see like videos of y'all performances, it's just basic things that you would think are just basic rapping and performing one on one that you all do that niggas just don't like. When I go see, you know, I I hate to put people in a in a in a box to say local. I, I just always prefer. Like just just homegrown artists, Thanks. you know. There's some there's some artists from around here. Like when I hear they performing at certain venues, yeah, I'm gonna pop up. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out and be outside with it. And when I go there and I hear you rapping over your vocals, I wanna like I wanna I wanna go over there and push the DJ st- the DJ booth over. Like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like because if you an MC, you supposed to like that's the live that's the live element of it. Like right. you just rap over your instrumental and you. Well, we'll do like a um, 
I guess they call them TV track now, but like it was a, a, a we will refer to them as a show CD. Or if the hook was on there and if the verse is on there, like that shit was down so low. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause this, this not for Just you to listen to in the car. Just have the hook in your ad That's yeah. all you really need. Yeah. Performance track. Yeah. Standard, standard performance track. Standard performance track. Yeah. I mean, but these are all things that's not, is no more artist development. A&R is a lost term. You know, we live in the age of hot and ready. And all I can say is, again, we, we are very intentional about the music we make, how we market it, how we promote it, the narrative that we collectively reinforce when we do interviews and do shows. It's all very intentional. And the main selling point is our lifestyle. Um, so when but that artist Chai's, development has created a longevity for you all as well that a right. lot of artists yeah. don't have. But yeah. when you see Chaz, the way you hear him on music is who he really is when you meet him and vice versa for the other artists. It's not like you listening to the music and then you meet Chaz and you're like, oh, this nigga's a cornball. <laughs> like, man, he's really, he's really who he is on the record. What a lot of artists be missing out because on the podcast studio, I see different artists in here all the time that come in on multiple people podcasts. Like these interviews, I don't really care how many people listen to them because you have no idea how many people listen to insert such and such podcast. But like this is literally your opportunity to talk to or to be in front of people that you would never be in front of and for them to like you because people will buy from you if they like you. You know what I'm saying? I'm a salesman in a different lifestyle and, 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 but like people will buy from you if they like you, you have an opportunity to get in front of people, tell them who you are and be liked by people like, Oh, this motherfucker pretty smart. Let me take a listen to his music. And if I like the music, boom, but like niggas be socially awkward. They come in here. They don't be talking. Here go the microphone. Niggas be standing all the way back here with headphones on. He said that in the uh, rap up. He was like, "Are oh, you socially awkward ass?" Because it's cause weird. They are. Like it's really weird. He said that in the rap up. You said that with your chest. Though. Man, it was be- a guy because that- because it's disappointing. <laughs> was for me, it's disappointing that, like you say, you hear these niggas talk. Talk this they big talk image. They talk reckless. They be talking crazy. They they <laughs> outside and on Instagram. They got this big image that I am this, and then they come into the room and it's like, nigga, are you high or are you are you having a bad day or you just Man. like or you can't function without being off off perks and lean in order or to. Or is it all made up? Is it just the character that you create? Niggas be on drugs. It was it was one podcast in here. It was a, 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 a artist in here. And he, he got on there like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> fuck is you pay to be on their podcast for if you don't want to talk about your fucking music? <laughs> it was just a weird, awkward and like. But that nigga was hella weird too, though. If it's the same nigga that we talking about, that nigga was hella weird. That shit just be wild. You even made the voice. Like, it's all coming back to me because you just had a whole moment on the rapper. And you was like, these socially awkward ass niggas, they come in there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You was like, you was going. Because that's, that's what it be. It, it be a fake persona. And you can only fake it for so long. You know, I always look at it like, you know, I always heard the saying, like, it's a tough nigga in every hood in America. Facts. You know what I'm saying? You you go to any ghetto, it's it's the neighborhood bully. But, nigga, it's a nigga just as tough as you on the other side of the city. And a lot of these niggas make up this this thing, this image in their head. I'm the boss. I'm tough. I'm this. I'm that. But, like, nigga, you are 
a child in real life. Because <laughs> like, y'all, y'all, y'all really be kids. You like, ain't even got your grown I got, man I got, ki- I got kids hey, almost as old as you. talking about this about, in a week. I'm about to say, I think, I think we just seen an example of that recently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We were just talking about that. Yeah. I got some, yeah. Off the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, like, like a lot of y'all niggas ain't yeah. never even been in a fist fight. Don't know what it is to get punched in your fucking face. <laughs> ain't ain't that? Ain't, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, for real though. We, for real though. Yo, I was playing pool with some. And young- you could tell who have it. Chaz, oh. I was I, I was playing pool with some young niggas. And I'm like, literally, y'all niggas learn how to play pool on an app, my nigga. Right. I was in I was in places with a pool stick and grown men learning how to play this shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, like, niggas wasn't fucking around. You know, I <laughs> being being the age that I am, like, I remember <laughs> it's some I don't I'm not gonna incriminate nobody, but I remember <laughs> being in the barbershop and a nigga got shot in the parking lot and came into the barbershop. At this point, I'm 14, 15 years old. Like I, I've seen shit. I don't. I know how to navigate certain things. And like all of us, Thanks. in our age range, we had different. We had a different range of the city. It wasn't shit for me to take the bus to go meet a little chick or to take the bus to the. Like I knew how to navigate the streets, and because of that, my spidey senses was up to shit. I could look at a motherfucker and tell, all right, this shit look a little. This shit don't feel right. Let me let me get up out of here. Because I is scientific. old school Detroit time look a little scurvy. Yeah, <laughs> facts. Fact. You was naming a lot of them places where I done been in All Stars and some look some shit didn't pop the fuck off. You know what I'm saying? And it's you know I done been in clubs. It's one way in and one way out. And if you don't have your antennas up, nigga, you may not make it out. That bitch. Right. How about freshman Friday? Like. That that was a thing in high school. See, I went I went to school on the east. I went to King, and once the older seniors not only found out I was a freshman, when they found out I was on the west side, them fights on Lafayette Boulevard was legendary. Yeah, I'm talking about right at the bus stop, twenty thirty kids just get knocked the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like I rode, I rode the Grand River bus from Cavs when niggas had to niggas from Murray Wright and Dang. Northwestern getting on the bus and. From Jero and Evergreen Throwing niggas book bags Out the window Punching <laughs> niggas in the face Like That was every Like you couldn't sleep On the bus You or had get, to be The fuck your alert shoe, Getting your shoes Checked in Like them my size Like Look <laughs> There's a rat nigga Walking around the city Right now Right now you know, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking about because, nigga, we went to school together. And, nigga, I remember a nigga at the bus stop making you take off your J's. And, nigga, it was snow outside. You rode the bus <laughs> in wet socks home, nigga. Wet socks. Wow. I, I know some of them stories, too. And I remember a nigga getting slapped, like, twice. But it was like, this, this. <laughs> Wow, and um, a very influential um, person in the music industry here in Detroit. Wow. So you were Levy, Cody, but, so you Le- I went I'm to say Cody. Cody. This was on a this was on a on a on a Grand River bus in front of Cass. So you know about niggas like literally like being uh, on the stoop and a nigga walk up, and if, if you had any level of money, whether it was from a dice game, pool game, you got bunny rabbited on the spot. Nigga just go in your pockets and. Now, luckily, you know. I've seen niggas get their pants damn near ripped I'm off from- they ass like tearaway pants. Wow. <laughs> nah, wow. Cody is my neighborhood school, and I'm from that neighborhood, so I was good. You mm-hmm. feel me? And, you know. Don but- Bosco Hall. I mean, like I said, and that's what we wanted to bring, you know, not to uh, 
kill the moment anyway, but that's what we wanted to bring with the whole Coney Island series. For us, it was about putting on for our culture because we felt like that's like a missing element with the quote-unquote Detroit sound. It's like nobody is talking culture talk as far as the city. You know, yeah. Nobody's talking about the swimmobile. Nobody's talking about, you know what I'm the saying? Swimmobile. Northland Rolling Ring. Nobody talking about Detroit Roller Wheels or you from Southwest Roller Cave. Like nobody's talking about these moments that meant everything to that community or that neighborhood and just what it meant to the city to grow up in the city at that time. And it's so untapped because, you know, beyond what people know about, if you're, from, if you're not from Detroit, you know about Motown and, you know, the big three and all of that. But, like, literally, if you're from here, you grew up on these blocks. You grew up in these streets. There's certain sounds, locations. When you started naming off, you know, clubs like the apartment, the zoo mm-hmm. bar, like, as, as a young man coming up, I remember weekends at the zoo bar. Look. I always, I always joke with people like, if I got a little bit of money, I love to buy All Stars or Double O Seven, and or Erotic City and open them bitches back up because like there was a certain feel. It was, it was almost like a, a Cheers, and it wasn't, you know, they strip clubs, yeah, but like the familiarity where you, a lot of music I heard for the first time. In a lot of these spots, a lot of these DJs in the strip clubs made a lot of these street rappers and a lot of these niggas out in the streets famous by by banging them records and, and really breaking breaking them in them clubs. And it was just, you know, such a a rich time for Detroit and Detroit history, Detroit culture and just that sound that that people are crafting. Yeah. Even when Summer Jams was at Hart Plaza, I remember when Summer Jams was at State Fair, like. It's just it's just priceless moments that unfortunately our youth would never know because everything's so digital now. But like those those moments created character and built culture. And that's also how you build relationships for artists. You know, like for me, some of my most you know, the music that I'm still attached to now is because I had that personal connection. I love live music. I love seeing my favorite rappers singers perform because that's that's just a it's another element to that album where artists used to drop an album and he gonna they gonna work it for two three years before you get another album now for some people that that traditional way still works but you see a lot of niggas they dropping three or four projects in a year like nigga i ain't even set with <laughs> i ain't even set with some of them en- long enough to to love the music yet and they still dropping and and now something else on the flow yeah, because uh, the music ain't, it's fast food. You know what I'm saying? I'm I, on home cooking. I said hot and ready. That's why I said yeah. microwave wraps. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's uh, it's Qdoba. It, has, it lasts a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it lasts a little bit longer than a hot and ready, but you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, them hot and readies be based on the location. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Because every hot and ready ain't. I take ain't a hot and ready from Southfield. Uh, Look, man, I'm I still fuck with hot and ready. <laughs> yeah, I ain't, I ain't too good for him. I ain't too good for him. I, I just I can't eat him. I just can't eat him from everywhere. My nigga, you know what I'm saying? saying I buy two just can't eat him from, from Myers, nigga. I eat pizza. Like but it's <laughs> but it's got to be hot. You know what I'm saying? Because right. once them bitches is cold, they cardboard. They ain't they ain't no good. What, you try to eat them. Think about Costco's. Oh yeah, Costco. uh, I don't Costco's got no Costco's membership. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you ain't got, ain't got think, no deep freeze. Ain't got, ain't got right. no Costco's <laughs> membership. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> they <laughs> got <laughs> piece of better. They though. even yeah. made me show I need to get inside the Sam's Club. <laughs> they hit, man. Heck yeah. I'm a fuck with it, nah though. 
I got a Sam's Club card. I'll let you use it. Hey, I look. I got you. Since y'all, since y'all talk about all these rappers, you know what I'm saying, that's been, you know, they pockets that been ran, the shoes that had to come <laughs> off and everything, I might as well let mine be known at 10, I did get robbed by a homeless nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well get mine out the bag now. You know what I'm I, I mean, did niggas get robbed, get robbed by a homeless nigga at 10. You know what I'm saying? Took all I my got robbed at gunpoint. Shit. You know what, what I'm saying? Is. That was me. I'm that rapper. If that story ever comes out, I'm, I'm that was child. I think you get a pass at 10. You got to <laughs> get a pass at 10. Well, I tell you what, what I got a problem with is niggas talking tough and moving like they tough and like, look, fam, I, I know will, you a bitch. <laughs> but I will give you this. A lot of shit changed from when you, you could be ninth or 10th grade 14, 15 years old. Absolutely. And when you an adult. Uh-huh. A lot of shit can't change in that time. Yeah. It can. Or when you 10 years old. Then when you, you know. But sometimes what's in you is in you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it's yeah. the law of attraction because, again, when we go back to the top of the top. If you put a certain energy out consistently, laws of numbers are going to always prevail. That energy going to come back to you. Yeah. So to your point, if you constantly... Just sending out bad vibes and negative vibes and talking a certain talk, you gonna bring it to you. You might get smacked in the face of starters. I said for the third time. I said for the third time. Vibes is science, dog. Oh my god, it's science. Man. Yeah. Oh, hey. oh uh, hey, man, you had to go there, boy. Try I did. <laughs> I did. Hey, like it's the <laughs> elephant in the room for like nigga went double platinum some kind of way, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hey, chill. Child. The, 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 the city's small, and you know, I want to have to. I want to have to press one of these young niggas about something <laughs> I didn't say. But I mean, the you truth is, it's up now. You yeah, the, it. the truth is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And he and I, you know, it's an unfortunate incident. All jokes aside, shit probably went just. Left. I'm gonna say this, man. Uh, sometimes it be shit going on behind the scenes. Okay, we'll leave it at that. That's we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So look, y'all. And what just, was that? What was that one song that went like viral on Facebook? I don't know why, but it just came to my head. Um, try Jesus. Oh, not don't me. try me. Not me. <laughs> Toby Ingram. Because I throw hands. <laughs> oh, terrible man. Try and Jesus. A, don't nah, try uh, me. <laughs> I can't pronounce my man's last name, but Toby, Toby Nguenge. He a nigga that I saw online, and I saw a couple of interviews, and I was like, "Yo, I, th- I think I like this dude." And I went on YouTube and start and start finding out about him and his family and the music and everything. I fucks with nigga heavy dog, yeah, like in real life. You know what I'm saying? Based upon interviews and shit, I seen a nigga rapping online, and it kind of got into his music. I th- yeah. think I saw him rap freestyling on Sway or something. But uh, then I, when I was doing all this shit, I just realized he was in Detroit. Like two weeks prior and shit. So had I found out a little bit earlier, I could wouldn't seen the live performance. And uh, he do he do some good shit though. Yeah. So for y'all palettes, because I'm I'm always curious about uh, y'all being hip hop nerds. For y'all, for what y'all seen from them, is it anything that y'all feel like y'all will either want to hear more, see more, or something that you? wished or thought we should have touched on that we haven't yet one thing i do want to see from you all and i'm sure it's probably coming or in the works like i feel like this last project just a sample you know what i'm i'd love to see 
what y'all sound like in different combinations over ten over ten tracks or something. <laughs> given, given given a full project. Okay. Uh that's that's the only thing I could I could really say. I know that you all are constantly working. You know, so the music is going to come. Yeah. But but like anything else, the timing got to be right. Everything has to have the support right. that it needs. And you can't you all just don't put out music without a purpose or a plan to it. You know, right. moves are a little bit more calculated because you want it to be longer and withstanding. So I right. I get that big picture mindset. Right. So I'm just looking forward to whenever y'all drop a project, I'll. I like that you all always reach out to us and we we can be involved some kind of way. And me and Jay often joke about it like we we sit in a lot of rooms that some niggas wish they could be in and are privy to information and listening to things that, you know, not a lot of people get those opportunities to. And you all always provide us with that opportunity and that insight to be on the ground floor of the projects, listen to things as they're developing and then seeing the big picture or the, 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 the big project once you put it out at the end. So, you know, I would love to hear, you know, a larger dot gang, you know, sort of collective type of project. But I know that in due time, you know, this one got to breathe and okay. grow legs of its own. And, you know, we got we got still y'all come together as a collective, but y'all four separate solo artists yeah. in your own right that are working on projects, got different goals where right. y'all want to go with the music and everybody you know, everybody needs their time to shine individually also. So that's where I was going with it. Like so, um I don't know, Chaz, maybe you know or feel and um Sinatra, you probably see like I feel like when I hear a group project with y'all together, I just think that the solo projects get better. Uh -huh. Because you can go it's like y'all go into the hyperbolic time chamber for my my Dragon Ball Z fellas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all go in there and you basically in gym. And y'all, 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 y'all in a training camp. And now, when I go out on my own, now my next project is a step above my last project because I didn't sharpen my tools with so many different people, got so many different experiences, or how you say, um, a man was like made you go harder. You right. know what I'm saying? You yeah. respect his artistry. So now, when you it's time for me to make do your next project, it's like, all right, let me turn all the way up. And now, it's one thing when you're trying to impress people with a verse. Let me impress these niggas with my next project. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I just yeah. think, or when when I see a collective come together, because all of y'all are uh, solo artists, and it takes yeah. a lot to to be in a group yeah. when you've been a solo artist. And honestly, you, that's how I, like that's how I kind of like been feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like just after doing doing the whole three series Coney Island, you know what I'm saying? Coney Island project, and then starting this year off. As a collective, you know what I'm saying, with Sinatra and Dollar and P Dot, it just made me feel like, well, when when it is time for the for the next solo joint, it's like, you know what I'm saying? I kind of get chills. Look how when many I think tools about I got. It. You know now. what I'm saying? You know like what I, mean? I kind of get chills when I think about it, and it kind of it make me not rush it, honestly. You know because it's like like when I think about Club Shirley's and I just think about the feedback that I got, it was kind of like. A mixture of, you know, some people some people wanted to big my head up talking about this is my reasonable doubt and you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. But the 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 feedback that I paid attention to most was the ones who actually noticed the difference. Like it was it was certain feedback that came back that was like, Hey Chaz, you know what I'm saying? Is 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 it a, is it a thing now with you like it seemed like you yelling. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, or I think I referenced him like you talking yeah, to him. You feel me? Like, but I wanted that. That was the whole purpose of going out on the rim and trying that. You know what I'm saying? For the whole the whole thing of do it work like this? Do it work like that? Is it something that we can meet in the middle? But at the same time, the motivation all came from putting more feelings so the so the person that can hear it can relate to it more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was what I was coached and motivated to do with that. You know, just speaking on Club Shirley, because I've been listening to it a lot for like the past week. And one thing that you really t- – you don't push it on people, but one thing that I can appreciate is that, you know, I, I can tell that you, you didn't spend your time in the trenches. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, that's authentic. You can tell it. But also the flip side of that, Club Shirley's got a huge religious undertone Man. to it throughout throughout the whole album. It's yeah. that duality. Is that, you know, yeah, I might I like when people can just like peel that onion back and be authentic. Like, Man. yeah, there's one part of me that I don't, you know, that is what it is. And Man. there's another part that crafted the man that that you are. And I yeah. and I like that about you all's projects just cohesively that it's just not you know an image or character that you because i feel create. like the people stem away real. from their foundation you know what i'm saying like i just don't like don't get me wrong like it was my peers that made me that made me appreciate and realize the foundation that i had you know what i'm saying like going over my peers family houses and seeing how they live and seeing how their family interact you know, it made me realize how blessed and lucky I actually was. But one thing for sure is I know for a fact everybody don't come from the same, this whole, you know, reckless, raw foundation. That's like, in the city, like, in this city. Somebody loved you. Yeah, nigga. you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay to be loved like by people. Niggas, like, most it's of okay the niggas to like women. Like, like, most of like the they niggas hate. that I know, you know what I'm saying, friends or enemies, man, them niggas' deepest love is probably their mother or their grandmother. That's Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, without a shadow or a doubt. You know what I'm saying? So, this whole thing of everybody just so... Raw, and we all had it hard and all that shit. Out like, the mud. yeah, you know Nigga, what I'm my saying? Parents love like, the fuck out of me. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just, it's just not. It's just don't go for everybody. I don't knock it. You know what I'm saying? If you can make it sound good and make it appealing, and it makes you money, by all means, you know what I'm saying. I, I salute the next successful person, but I just feel like more people, if if more people will stick to their foundation, I think it'll help the world. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I think it'll have a better effect on the world. Like, a, this one-sided shit is what's what's what be, end up being our downfall. You can't act like you don't love people, man. Yeah. I know some niggas who kill, and they love their mama still. Like, I'm saying. That, like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, like, on a day, like, on a day right. like Memorial Day or, like, Labor Day or July 4th in the city of Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like... My my home page on Facebook or social media be full of nothing but family gatherings. Nothing. Like everybody at somebody's house. Oh, you got kids? Kids. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Kids like mom. Oh, first yeah. day of school. Like shit. What you when yeah, you get a like, kid? Like like baby girl been showing ass for 285 days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come to find out she got two kids, a grandmother, you know. Like, <laughs> kids on the honor roll. Yeah, you, you feel me? Like my homeboy always had this joke. He was like, and, and I see it with niggas, especially the dudes that I know that got daughters. I don't care how tough 
big and bad you is, how many niggas you didn't, how many niggas you got shot, nigga. When your baby girl is in your presence, mm-hmm. like ain't ain't none of that tough guy shit yeah. when when she look at you in your eyes. Yeah. Every every nigga bring that shit down a level when they with their daughters. That's why, or with their kids. Period. He said it best. He was like, "I'm a father, but I still shoot you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay ain't got no kids. <laughs> I, For real, I still shoot you. <laughs> I got a mama, and shit out <laughs> and nieces and nephews and shit. But like, pop you know, the shit out your ass. That, he said it with like a straight face though. We was here the last time. He was like, "Yeah, I, I mean, that's regular, but I still shoot you." Yeah. Like you can be normal. Like I swear to God, man, it's like it's a crime for for dudes to like women nowadays. Yeah, it's, fuck these bitches, these hoes. Man, I swear, like, damn, I was y'all just talking to him about y'all don't that like shit. women. I swear I was just talking to him about that. Like, it is so uncool for you to want your own girl. Like, <laughs> for you to actually like that you have your own girl. That shit is so just unknown. Look, nigga, I would give my left arm to come home to a woman in a home-cooked meal, my nigga. That's I would, just I would yours, give- though. It's all about yo bitch. We got Joe bitch over here. Yo bitch over. You know what I'm saying? Where your bitch at? Sinatra, you you said we got Joe bitch and she fucking on the low. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like you did it's, say it. Your bitch is over here. Oh, and she fucking man. on the low. Like that's all we say. Like that's all we want to, you know what I'm saying? Your baby mama in our VIP section. Like nobody want they own. Like man, nigga, love is just sucker shit. Like hey man, I got a little song in the making man now this may be me getting older and shit like now nah, i had to stop listening to certain music before 12 o'clock because i don't want to hear you fucking my bitch at nine o'clock in the morning or shoot me in the chest like yeah. damn i ain't lunch yet yeah. this nigga shoot me in the chest and you fucking my bitch look dog I, I, I downloaded that new future and but i'm like i had to drop my kids off at of school today like i don't want to listen to that shit at 6 30 in the morning with my babies in the car like, I need to right. what the fuck is going on in the world first right right before. right then you had that conversation like so y'all making music like how old do you think the audience of the people listen to your music is uh, you know what dem- I'm saying? Our demographic is definitely our age group. I would say we dropped down to maybe about 21. We don't have the the uh, grade school, high school kids yet. And um, I'm glad that we're open so that I can get them to do some high school shows and do some college shows just to touch them. Because with that audience, you got to be in front of them. Yeah. But our music is age appropriate. So it's like. If I'm making music for a 24 to 35 year old, like it's certain shit that other artists have to do. Like, who are we front for? <laughs> like, no, that's not what we all. Yeah. I'm not popping pills right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, maybe, you know, if you. Whenever we see, get, whenever I do that shit at work. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm de- you know, that's what I say. Like, shit, I don't knock. I don't knock it, you know what I'm saying? It's just my whole thing is, it's just don't, it's no shame in just being you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just know, like, I just be seeing cats on some, like, it's like they they, they change their shit up every different time I see them, you know what I'm saying? Like, niggas dissing niggas that wear purses, and then two two years later, they wear a purse. Yeah, all I'm about to say is every time we get pushed back for, Stick it to the script. I shout out Griselda. I know they not the uh, only ones who've done that, but just uh, giving them their props for being at the forefront of it. 
Man, shout um, out to adult contemporary hip hop music. Yeah, I'm just saying they they kept it wrestling, they kept it fashion, they kept it boom bap unapologetically, and eventually the doors broke down. You know, yeah. they definitely had a long grind and long journey, so they're definitely huge inspirations for the structure and infrastructure how we moving because we we making music for our peers and we making music that's real to us. So we we put in real quality and thought into all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's nothing that you don't see that involves us that look like something we just threw together. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that we do is high quality as far yeah, as sound, artwork, sound, look, all of artwork. Like you know what I'm saying? Like this is real. It's real business over here. Good so, business at that. So since we touch back on the music, you know, every week I make my music pick of the week. And typically when I have an artist, when we have artists in the building, you know, this is where I open up the door for y'all to to, to select a song that, you know, really rep- for somebody that ain't never heard this collective and, or maybe never heard this project. What's the song we're going to put out there in order to introduce introduce them to y'all and what y'all doing right now? Um, I would say Caprice's Monte Carlo's and all the rest of the cars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, me too. Hey, somebody came on my live. It was like play starter Saturday night. <laughs> let me let y'all know a little history about Sinatra. It's UNF. Back in 05, I was in the Monte York Cutlass, brown Gucci bucket, stunting out in public. When the club let out, all the bitches fucking. My old school make the hoes choose no discussion. Battle rap legend, stacking up the extras. Tied with the mob, you know that I'm connected. 24 inches, you know the Chevy stepping. Gold rope necklace, west side repping. Wood grain whipping hoes, notice I was different. About to get a cut, I'm on the north end with it. Cartier lenses with my black chinchilla. UNF nigga with my dot game killers, what's up? Made in my era, my hood, we suck together. Shout a made nigga, gators and coogee sweaters. Sex and belly leathers and the money that's put together. King Kong in the trunk, peanut butter, that's all leather. Popped a couple bottles with Mo, my folks strapped. Delray, Fort Street, count it up, hit run it back. Cuz called a murder, my nigga not coming back. No, no release dates on eyes like Warren Sapp. Yeah, ruler, I'm smoking. Black pulling deuce off in my cup. She can't even sit inside my cutty if she ain't trying to cut. She, she was up. If we talking money, we can't talk enough. He talking tough till he turned blackboard and they chalk him on the black bottom. Before it was Sig Dollar, it was Dollar Shot him. Couldn't afford all the fancy cars, shit, not Dollar Guy. Yeah, I'm big cuz. Please don't cross that line because we sticked up. Bitch, what? Them sixes on that Chevy got me sitting up. Bitch, I'm outside candy blue, inside Similac. We still eating good. The pandemic, bitch, been a dinner mat we into that do it in real life it's not no internet and everything we lost out in these streets bitch we don't get it back i get just like the trouble in the base uh-huh. i'm from a different era that's why i carry certain traits i grew up at skate lab but i ain't never skate never black money Carlo, 1988 we ride it chromed out wheels fresh gold on the place we're fishing for these hoes man you gotta keep some bait got crispy bad gays big frames on the face you see them yeah we riding Clean, but still strapped just in case. For real, nigga. Ever since the age of 10, I've been known to watch my back. Got robbed by a homeless nigga, took all of my snacks. Next day, I came back. I kicked him in red. Better catch me if you can, like the 
gingerbread man, Chevy Caprice, had his youngins out in the street. I remember. Big baby on the block, he let us hold it for a week. R.I.P. Catch me on the island, I ain't talking about the beach. Bad Loud, Chandler Park, we just looking for some freaks. Meet me at the county out. Oh man, that's a hundred percent Detroit, dog. Honey, that's the Detroit, Honey. y'all who don't catch me on an island, and I ain't talking about the beach. Yeah. You know what that island is? Man. Y'all see that shit that was going around? Like somebody from Detroit say, "Ow, ow, ow." <laughs> I was like, I was kind of pissed. Like, bitch, all that shit is the same word. I mean, <laughs> it's the same sound. We know what it means. Yeah. We know what it sound like. Jay, you got a Who's Man's is this this week? Yes, Who's Man's is this this week? Yo, this one kind of wild, dog. <laughs> I'm going to let this play a little bit. Signing total gibberish. This time, it was at the police news conference announcing an arrest in the Tampa serial killings. We will be charging four counts of first-degree murder. Standing off to the side, apparently translating every word, this woman. We received over 5,000 tips in this case. But it turns out, much of what she was signing was nonsense. She waved her arms around like she was singing Jingle Bells, says one outraged sign language expert. The woman, identified as Derlin Roberts, has a string of arrests for fraud. So how did she... All right, all right, all right. Listen. We've heard these type of stories before. Like, who's... But that's around that bitch. The reason she gets a who's man's is this is because they show like eight uh, mug shots of her at fraud, and then the police officer, the dude, he was like, "How did in there?" He was like, "He was like, how did this happen?" He was like, "I, I, I just didn't ask enough questions." Oh, That's what I'm saying. How do you verify a, a sign she language o- person? She oh approached the police fraudulently. Oh my, my god! Nigga, they didn't like. They didn't put like a resume out. She went to them and was like, "Let me sign for y'all. I'm a sign language." This bitch over there throwing gang signs. She grabbing her fuck off. She doing a macarena. She doing all this type of shit. Now your dumb ass about to get a knife, uh, mugshot, oh and you god. went to the police with this shit. Come on, check, man. Bro. That's that's this gotta be. And this serious and shit. Like this motherfucker, a serial killer. <laughs> hey, so, sometimes you said a play is a play. It is. If, if it's money on the floor, I gotta pick it up. I got. I to. guess she like play stupid games, win stupid. Prize. I guess. I guess she like at the end of the day, you can't you can't say that I said. You know what I'm saying? I could do this and do that. Cause technically I never said it. <laughs> sign it. Jail, my nigga. Jail. Yeah. I signed that shit on your jail. This bitch was in that bitch like, yo. She probably just spent the weekend. She probably ain't getting no real time for that. Uh, you know, knows, so I, just add to my fraud resume. Like, know, them man. niggas is arresting the serial killer. Everybody watching that shit on TV. If it's a serial killer in your town, <laughs> saying, like, even deaf niggas is like, her? they like, what the hey, fuck look, is going on? Hey, look, look, like, like, niggas dared me. I couldn't get on TV. <laughs> and it looked like she was like itty bitty body bone. <laughs> <laughs> she was like four. Like she just, just her hands was moving too like. fast. Uh, depending on what that check looked like, she might have did a weekend and got maybe twenty five, three grand. Man, probably they got like coming after that month. Two hundred hours of community service. <laughs> she she, she repeat felon. She got eight mug shots for, for all for fraud though. You know what I'm saying? Like goddamn, if you didn't been arrested that many times for fraud, do not go to the police station Good. to commit your fraud. She no. had to have like a deaf prison mate at one point. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what, what I'm saying? Niggas a deaf be, cellmate. But niggas be addicted to certain shit. Like eat, if you addicted failure. 
Yeah, I mean, that, you keep going to jail that many times. You're not that doing ain't even right. failure. That's just like a fuck up. Just <laughs> pure. Like you just been fucking up your whole life. I don't get no fuck. This is what can't, I do. Yeah, this you what, know what I'm saying. But, just but can't nigga, get it if right. she been arrested eight times, I'm certain she didn't got away with that shit forty five times. Like nigga. for her to get arrested eight times and still walk in a police station to get a job. So whose man is this? She didn't. She didn't fuck some prison guards before, dog. <laughs> she she didn't fuck a couple COs and and, and POs. Shit. Fuck yeah. She, fuck yeah. She definitely got up. That's probably how she got the job. Oh, shit. I got. Oh shit, I got another whose man is this? Nigga, I bet you her PO put her on. This is a, this a double entendre for this. That's who man's man's that is. is. Uh, so apparently, um, inside of a woman prison, a woman got two other females pregnant. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I he saw. was a transgender. Right. Yeah. How, how else do you do that? Because um, you don't got to actually have a sex change. You just got to identify as a woman. And I guess the prison is on board, too. So if I do anything, I'm going to let you niggas know right now. I've been thinking I've been a woman for a long time. <laughs> if I ever need to but go to prison, they put me in the women's prison. But I also saw a case where somebody raped a woman in in a female prison under the same pretense that, you know, I identified as a woman. He went to the, the woman's population and he sexually assaulted her. And I don't. It's the two niggas. One of them lost a fight. And that shit happened every day in prison. I don't, I don't know how you stop this shit, but that shit just ain't right. It just, it, I don't, ain't, ain't no other way to call it. Like, nigga, you belong, you belong in the men's side of the prison, and they yeah. having sex over there too. Just probably not the type of sex you want to have. But they, <laughs> they fuck it. It's definitely some, the opposite. Some, some, some shit not moral is physical. When you too short it's to ride a ride, it's not that you too short to ride a ride because you're a woman or you're a man. It's because there's a physical limitation. To you get on this ride, it's gonna be dangerous. You might fly out this bitch. So when it's time to prison, the the physical shit that you got on your body, if you got a dick hanging between your legs, you should probably go to the prison with the other man. Straight up, not because of not morally or what you feel inside. If you but got something, a man got you need to be a part of men things because it's like unsafe. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool for a uh, a uh, um. A transsexual or whatever to get into women's sports. That's, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That shit is a get over, man. It's a rob. Like, no, nah, man. But uh, whose man's was in the women's prison? <laughs> uh, a grown ass man. Yeah, whose man's? That's All right, man. It's weird out here. It's weird as hell, man. That's why I say, like, fuck following the ways of the world because you're going to continuously go different ways, like, every day. Yeah. And that's 100% fact. So, as customary, uh, it's time for the benediction. When we had guests in the building, this is y'all opportunity to give people y'all socials where they can find y'all, where they can find the music. So, I'm going to start this way with you, Sinatra. We work around the table, fam. Sinatra, S N A T R A 747 on Instagram. Follow me. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Brandon Fly. You can find uh, Fuck a Demo Tape on all streaming platforms. You can find my solo project, Millionaire Self. Steam on all streaming platforms. What up, though? Again, uh, B Scarf, aka Real Name No Gimmicks. You can follow me at Grind Life 313. That's all one word Grind Life 313. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Brandon Scarb, a regular name on Facebook, professionally LinkedIn. Um, 
Shout out to Shop Talk for having us, Jay and Dane, family, my brothers. Uh, shout out to Dot, shout out to Dollar. Couldn't make it tonight. And uh, shout out to Kid, the producer, uh, doing his showcase on Sunday night. So everyone available or ain't got nothing to do Sunday, come slide through Hazel's place. Um, they'll be, be there performing. Uh, be on the lookout for more dates um, with our promo runs this summer. More music to come. And just thank everybody from the bottom of my heart that's been supporting through the pandemic. Um, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be with us at different points. And again, uh, all praise and honor to my Heavenly Father who guides my steps and uh, pray for safe travels as we all return home. Hey, what up, though? This your boy Chaz, man, representing 3269 as always. You can follow me on IG at 3269Chaz, C-H-I-S-E. You can also look me up on Facebook, um, Mason D-Boy Chaz. And then you can also check out the official website, uh, dboysound.com, all lowercase. Once again, the official website is dboysound.com. Um, all you can check out all the recent projects, you know what I'm saying, from Fuck a Demo Tape, which is available on all streaming platforms, to Club Shirley's, to Coney Island 1, 2, and 3. Shout out to P Dot, shout out to Dollar, shout out to Shop Talk for having us, you know what I'm saying, Jay and Dane. Appreciate y'all as always. Um, and big ups, you know what I'm saying, to the most high for this opportunity. And to everyone listening and watching, you know what I'm saying. Tap in with a deep boy Appreciate y'all And yeah, man we appreciate y'all Coming through It's your man Dame Three underscores Three one three On Twitter On Instagram At me talk to me I talk back Look when you see the blue And the black You know where the fuck You at it Shop Talk Podcast Shop Talk Podcast Studios uh, Shout out to y'all man Listening 312 weeks in a row uh, Shout out to Chai Shout out to Sinatra Shout out to my brother B uh, For y'all stopping through In the whole dot gang um, next week, episode 313, so you know it's going to be lit, you feel me? Uh, we got the homie uh, Marcus coming through, Curve Gotti, he coming through with some candles, the Jordan 1 candles, the That's Air Max up. 95 candles. We see Tiger Supply. Tiger Supply, shout out to Tiger Supply. We seen you niggas biting, but it's not going to work. You about to promo Tiger Supply to no fucking end. Um, but when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jay and Dane. Hell yeah. Peace. Spike.